We're still in the book of John, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go to now to verse 39. The, the scenery has changed. Jesus has dealt with his disciples. And now he's dealing with uh, the results, the impact here. So let's look at it. John chapter 4, verse 39. It says, um, not 39. Yes, 39. It says, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in, G in him because of the word of the woman who testified. And she said, quote, he told me all the things that I have done. Imagine if someone told all the things that you had done before you got saved. Come on, come on, y'all. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. I want to talk about now is the time to worship. I want to talk about what impact should our lives have after we leave worship? What impact should our lives have after we leave worship? Let us pray. Father, thank you. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins. Clear my heart and mind. Stand in my body. Think with my mind. Speak with my voice. Let the presence of the Holy Spirit touch hearts and minds in this church on this morning. And Father, have your way now. Speak to us, Lord. Change us and transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. You may be seated. God, Amen. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Amen. What impact should our lives have after we leave worship? <clears throat> We've been talking about in this series, now is the time to worship. And I don't know if you've, follow, you've been following me on this journey, but I've basically laid out by way of the Holy Spirit. And I've come to the conclusion <clears throat> that worship brings about change in our lives. Uh, that every time you enter into the house of God and you worship God, and worship involves giving, preaching, songs, amen, reading of scripture. When you and I come into a setting like this, something should change in your life. I told you a couple weeks ago that your life purpose begins to change. Your mission in life begins to change. When we enter into the presence of worship, something starts happening in your life. When we come into the presence of God and you understand that you will never be the same. God is a God of change. 
When you accepted Jesus Christ, the Bible says in the theology of change, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Change. I don't expect unbelievers to understand what I'm talking about. But I do expect believers to understand the change that I'm talking about. If you and I cannot be convinced through the word of God to change, then I got a sneaky suspicion in my sanctified imagination that something is wrong in your heart. You see, we saw in our text that the woman came into the presence of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And she had a life change. And then we saw the disciples who was in the presence of Jesus a little bit longer than her. And nothing happened to them. You see, it's possible to be either or. You have to look at your opportunity every week when you come into the presence of God as just that, an opportunity to get closer to Jesus. Mm, an opportunity for transformation to begin. An opportunity for a life-changing experience. May I ask you a question? Which one are you? Do you leave the same? Does your thinking change? Does your living change? You see, when worship impacts you on the inside of church, it will have a lifelong impact on the outside of church. Will your experience in church today change you? Come on, come on, say amen. Will you be the same when you walk out these doors? You see, to understand the impact that this woman really had on her city, you have to know her background. You have to know the culture. The text says, and from that city, many of the Samaritans. Now, I, need to, I want you to understand something, that the Bible mentions plenty of stories about the Samaritans and the hatred that was between the Samaritans and the Jews. It began all the way back in 721 BC when Nehemiah, the northern kingdom, had fallen. Amen. And the Assyrians and the Jews mixed together. And what you had now was a mixed race, which amounted to a new people group called the Samaritans. The Samaritans was half Jew and half Assyrian. The, the issue here we find is that these half-Jew, half-Gentile people, amen, who became known as the Samaritans were the first to be mentioned in the Bible in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, where they became a hindrance to the work of God. The reason I have to lay this background to you is because when you look at the Verse 39, I'm just going to deal with verse 39 today. Jesus is in the enemy territory. Come on, somebody. The possibilities of change 
for these people was never foreseen. I want to help somebody. This woman happened to be in the right place, orchestrated by God's sovereignty, instigated by God's grace, and executed by his mercy. I wish I had somebody. This woman, this woman who who was a half Jew, half Gentile, who knew some of the story, but not all the story, understood that her being in the presence of a Jew, amen, was a no-no. The Samaritans remained in that land. And when the Jews came back from Babylon to rebuild the wall, they stood in opposition to Nehemiah trying to kill him so that he would not finish the mission. So from that history, we have the hatred of a people. The Samaritans themselves were hated people. Have you ever felt like that? Come on, somebody. But then you come into the presence of Jesus who breaks down barriers. Amen. Who takes down strongholds. Who would have thought that this woman, that God used this woman, this woman's life as a witness, as a powerful witness. She had been in the presence of Jesus. Jesus talked about worship to her. She worshiped him and she left him and went back and made a difference where she lived. Ask your question. What impact is your life having when you leave worship? Are you going home being the same? Are you entering to the workplace the same? See, I believe in the word of God. And I believe that when you glean from scripture and what you glean from scripture does have an impact on you, but you have to believe it. So let's look. The text says, from that city, many, I'm going to just stop there from that city. (laughs) That city, imagine this. Imagine your life having an impact on a whole city. (laughs) Imagine that you came to worship and God right now is working on your heart. You came broken. You came for water. You came because you're frustrated at the situation that's going on in your life right now. You came into the presence of Jesus. Ask your question, what were you expecting? So the question is, what impact should our life have? I'll tell you what. Number one, you will be a messenger of God to the people around you. When you leave the presence of God, you and I become messengers. Oh, I wish I had. I don't know what you're talking about when you leave here. But see, you will make an impact in the lives of the people from around you 
we have a circle of influence in our lives and a circle of influence in that city, in our city, whatever your city should be, your people group, you become a messenger. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you caught that. You see, you got to pay attention to what you're speaking. The Bible says it's hard to hide a city. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, in, in the context of light, it is mentioned that you are the light of the world. So it's not really something you have to try hard to do. It's something that you should already be. We really are not making a difference until we share the message of Jesus to a dying world. Saints, let's point people to Jesus. What impact has he had on your life? What impact has he really had on your life? So every one of us, we have a light. And it should be shining through us. Watch this. In the places where we go. If your surroundings have more impact on you, then what are you really getting out of worship? Imagine this woman who was a menace to her city. Now she's a messenger of God to her city. <laughs> Imagine this woman who was a menace to her city. Now she becomes a messenger of God. How many messengers of God we have? Watch this, watch this. Imagine this. She didn't have no Bible. Oh, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Imagine how much are we influenced by the people in the world or in our close surroundings? See, the key to this is to understand that when we leave worship, something changes in us. And when you have been in the presence of a spirit-filled worship, in the presence of Jesus, you can't shut up about it. It's impossible to leave here and not say anything. You know what I call that? The sin of silence. I want you to start paying attention how much impact these worship services have on you. When you leave here, you become a messenger. Watch this. Watch this. To the city. Look what it says. It says, and many of the Samaritans. I already gave you the history of the Samaritans. So the second thing that happens is you will bring a message of hope. We got people who are in situations right now Listen, she brought a message of hope. Remember, the Samaritans were people who were hated. Now they have hope. A people who were forgotten. A people who were abandoned. A, a people who were rejected. I say to the staff in Vision for Living Community Outreach, I say to them, we don't just serve food. We're not there just to serve food. We are messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ, we bring a message of hope. 
ask you a question, can God use you? God uses this woman to bring a message of hope to the people who were hated. To the people who have been forgotten. Ask your question. Is your life making a difference in anybody else's life? Is the message that you're bringing is he'll make a way out of no way? Is your message that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus? Is your message this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again from the dead, watch this, you shall be saved. You see, the problem today, saints, is that a lot of Christians are self-seeking. They're not willing to share the good news. All they want is good news for themselves. And the Bible predicts that this is the time that we live in. But I want to tell you something. How can you be a winner, go out, and never share your winning? Come on, somebody. Hope. The greatest news that I brought to my family members was Jesus Christ. Saints, I want to tell you something. This passage has been doing, show, God has been showing me some things that when I come and when I leave here, if I leave here and get into my car and I go home and I go back to the mess that I'm in and it's not changing, something is wrong. I'm not sharing the message. Because when you meet the message, something happens on the inside. Do I have a witness? Look what the text says. The text says, and many from that city did what? They believed. You see that? They, they went from un, an unbelieving city, some of them, amen, to some who were believing, but I, I reckon that this woman's testimony, the text says her message was a message of hope, but watch this, he says, and many from the of the many of the Samaritans believed in who? In him. Tells me something. If they believed in him because of the word of the woman who did what? Testify. The third thing I believe impact will have is this: is you will make an impact because of your powerful testimony. You know what a testimony is? It's telling about the test that you've been through. Amen. It is you relating to others what has happened to you in a way that they believe it. And here's what I believe a testimony really is. It's consistent with your words. Your living is consistent with what you have said. Imagine this. Many who didn't believe before believed. Many who couldn't believe did believe. Your worship is a lifestyle. She had no Bible verse. She had no reference. 
Watch this. No one told her about the four spiritual laws. No one told her about scripture that if you believe in Jesus. No, no one told her that. They believed because her witness was powerful. Ask your question. When did your witness start losing power? Come on, somebody. You see, you see, she told them what happened to her. She told them that there's something on the inside of me that has changed. She, she told them about her experience with Jesus. But most importantly, she believed in her testimony. So many times our testimony fails to test. And rather than testifying, we're testifying. Because right after the test comes the trial. And oftentimes a lot of people don't realize that your testimony is the very thing that can lead someone to Jesus. Your testimony, though, has to always be about Jesus. I listen to Christians talk sometimes, and they ain't testifying. As a matter of fact, they talk about more about what they want and not what God has done for them. Do I have anybody? And then we, back in the day, back in the old church, we used to have testimony service. My folk used to get up and testify about what God has done for them. And I got a question for you today. What is your testimony? Have you been faithful to him? Can you really say that your life has changed? People think we need to know all the deep things of God in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. All you got to tell them is, look at where he has brought me from. Do I have anybody? The text says that the woman testified. I'm going to say it one more time. She what? She testified. The word is maratereo in the Greek. And let me tell you about maratomeo because you got to understand that if you want to testify, you got to get ready for what comes with the testimony. The root word to maratereo is to be martyred. I wish I had somebody. In other words, she was a witness. That's what the word means. The word means to bear witness of what is true. But it is through your witness that sometimes you will have to withstand trials. It is because of your witness you will have to go through the storm and the rain. It is through your witness that you may face death, but you have to keep your testimony intact. I believe that's the problem with most people today. They're not coming to Jesus because the testimony that we have sometimes does not witness to something that's real. Do I have anybody? We, we mess up our witness because we start living like the world lives or we start doing what the world does or we stop believing what God has done in our lives. Do you want to go through? Do you know the first century, second century of Christianity, it was plagued with false teaching and persecution. And I thank God that he recorded this by way of the Holy Spirit to show us that God can take a Gentile Jew woman. Mm. If you won't witness, 
If you won't share what he's done for you, if you want to be quiet about, hey, but where he brought you from, that somebody else will cry out. He says, don't let the rocks cry out in your place. Do I have somebody? Jesus says, suffer not the children that come unto me, for theirs too is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus also said, if you want to come into the kingdom, he took a child and he says, you got to be just like this child. It's not about position. It's not about your name being called. It's about your testimony. May I ask you a question? Do you have a strong testimony among the people closest to you? Because that's where it starts. Come on, somebody. People don't follow us to church because of how we live. Hey, come on, somebody. Come on, come on. This stuff is real for me. And I'm looking at this woman who really wasn't concerned about how she looked anymore. She wanted to testify because she couldn't keep it to herself. She became a messenger. She bring a message of hope. Come on, somebody. And she had a powerful testimony. The text says she and I quote <laughs> he told me look at this all the things that I have done you see many of us may have the wrong impression of ourselves but when you come into the presence of Jesus he'll show you how ugly you are when you come into worship, it's a mirror of who you are. And he will reveal through the preaching, through the worship, through the giving, through the raising of your hands, how ugly you are and how much you need him and how much change you really need in your life. It's in worship where the mirror is put before you. And he'll tell you things that only you know about you. Well, what did he tell her? She had five husbands. And now one of them were hers. Imagine that. And it seems to me that the city testified to know that here it was a woman. Oh, I wish I had somebody who was given over to loose living. Come on, somebody. Everybody had given up on her. As a matter of fact, there was no hope for her anymore. She was an adulterous woman. She was a sinner like you and I. But I thank God that when you come into the presence of Jesus, he told her all that she had done. But I thank God that he didn't just leave her there. Because he can point out your sin, but he gives you the solution. And the solution, I want to tell you, is repentance. And if you, go, if you come into his presence and you do not see yourself and repent, how many weeks do you come in? Week after week, month after month, year after year, and you never come down these aisles to say, forgive me, Lord. Oh, you're a perfect Christian. But I thank God that he tells me all about me. This woman, 
People are silent because they're ashamed. People hide because they are living in sin. Not everybody can come in the presence of Jesus because every time you come into the presence of Jesus, he's going to tell you what you have done. Don't get mad at the pastor when he tells you all that you're doing. Do I have witness? Last thing I believe is that you'll make an impact by never being ashamed of your past. You know what I love about this woman? And we'll see her in heaven one day. And she's going to say, you did a good job preaching that day. Paint that picture. See, preaching is painting. I start off with a blank canvas. And all I'm doing is painting the picture. Do you see the picture? How many of you see the picture today? Anybody see the picture? You see, this woman who was an outcast. Now, she has worth. Listen, those who make worship a moment of sincerity and purposely pour out their hearts, you move from Concern. Come on, somebody. To saying, God, I'm not ashamed of where you brought me from. And you can share that testimony with, with conviction and with powerful, powerful, with a powerful impact because it's real. Let, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. And I mean no harm here. Okay, there's a reason why in the book of Romans it says, let love be without hypocrisy. The word hypocritus means to be an actor. You know what I found out about Christians? We are great actors. We know how to say amen on cue. We know how to raise our hands at the right time. We, we, we are great Actors. It means to put on a mask. What do you mean? You see, you see, you see, Christian effectiveness works like this. You, you ever watch bowling? Well, I don't know if you ever watch bowling on ESPN. ESPN now glorified bowling. I don't know. You know, you, you'll notice these bowling contents contests have uh, they got real sophisticated lately. You see. You have the bowlers with the bowling pants on, uh, bowling shirts, uh, bowling gloves, fancy bowling balls, bowling bags, just bowling everything. I, I, I also notice their bowling stance, you know. <laughs> you know, they got the bowling stance. Uh, you know. I've seen bowlers put their fingers in the ball and put their hand on the other side and they make their way down the alley and then flick their wrist a certain kind of way to get a certain kind of spin they want and then kick out their legs. Some call it a sweet style. However, 
Help me understand this. What good is it to have a new bowling pants, new bowling shirt, new bowling gloves, new bowling ball, new bowling bag, new bowling stamps when the ball just goes in the gutter? I discover a lot of us are looking, are, are looking good, but we're rolling in the gutter. I'm going to say it one more time. We come to church looking real good, but we're living in the gutter. You see, the test of a bowler is not in his style or his look, but it's in his impact. How many pins have you knocked down this week? If you're not knocking down any pins, don't tell me what you know because you look good. Because the impact of your life is what really matters when you leave here. You know what I want to say to you? <laughs> get out the gutter. And when you get out the gutter, <laughs> come on somebody, and you start having a real impact, you will see a line of people following you to church because they want to come see what you've seen. They want to hear what you ain't about a church location. It's about what you have done out there to impact somebody else out there. Give God a hand clap of praise. God is good, y'all. And I realized something. Everywhere, I remember when I first got, everywhere I'm talking about Jesus. Telling somebody dry cleaner, telling somebody, now don't even, don't even mention nothing. Just, 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 walk, just driving by, just pandemic. COVID. Man, you know how many people use this COVID thing as an excuse? Not, not to come to church. You're sitting on the fence anyways. Before COVID. But what you didn't realize is that Jesus says the wheat and the tear will grow together. And I will do the separating. You see, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself a question. Is your life making an impact? We got good suits. Oh, man, we, we know how to look good on Sunday morning, boy. But no substance. No substance out of here. Here's the thing. The disciples who walked with Jesus for a year, but this woman with a few hours, went back and changed a whole city. Here's what I'm saying. You ain't got to be shy. All you got to do is talk about Jesus. He said, oh, I, I just tell them what he has done for you. We talk about a lot of things. Family reunions. Football games. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we should be a messenger to, for Jesus. We are living in the last days. It started 2,000 years ago at the time when John wrote. Jesus called this the last days. Certain things must take place. One of the things that is taking place today and is true to the church it's this word called apostasy, the falling away. 
those who have no desire to come back in the house of God. Watch this. The pandemic is a clear sign to see the difference between those who serve God and the difference between those who don't. I say to you today, make an impact where you live. I'm going to keep preaching this message. I'm not going to stop preaching this message. There's a time and place for everything, y'all. So there's a time to learn about, you know, how to get along in life, life skills. There's a time for prosperity. There's a time for all these different things. But we have to remind ourselves as a Christian, we have a mission. What's our mission? Save the lost. Bring the lost to Jesus. When we go to hand out these sneakers, we're going to go witness. We're going to witness to them. We're going to tell them, look at your condition right now. Do you want help? And let me say this. We're doing that, by the way. Give God a hand clap for praise for that. We are doing that. We have remnants. We have fruit. People who knew the church just came from the community that we serve. Praise God. Fruit. Amen. And we're going to watch their lives change. But saints, I told you when we left Pearland, I don't want to do church. We did that out there. I want to have an impact on the lives of the people around here. I mean that with all my heart, but I can't do it alone. We have work to do. You gonna be part of that? Or you gonna keep consuming your life with your problems? You know why you got problems? Because you focused on them. But if you do Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What did you say? What did you preach? Making Jesus a priority. Seek first his kingdom. I want to make an impact. Can I tell you this? When I was younger, I worked with kids who commit serious crimes. These kids in Florida, they were, they were, they were, they were tough, man. They, these were murderers and, you know, killers and that kind of stuff, you know, drug dealers and all that kind of stuff. I wish I was saved. Only thing I can give that could have given them was intimidation. I was very good at that. Keep them in line. Discipline. Keep them in line. But they would go back and do the same thing again. I wish I knew Jesus so I could have shared Jesus with them so that they would change from the inside out. 
want you to think for a moment. Stop thinking just about you. Think about the people who are going to go to hell one day. And they were sitting right next to you. And you never shared the gospel with them. All you got to do is testify. You don't need a whole script. Just testify about what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. My time is up.